Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. My man, Zeiss. Here's what he says. All these Democrats who spent 20 years calling Mitch McConnell some of the meanest things and comparing him to Hitler and all the other forms of evil. Now they are jammed up because Trump called him a broken-down back and get it in his wife crazy. So, so Zeiss, so what, we're six years old on the playground. He called me names. I'm going to call him names. He called me names. Legend Zeiss, how does this help America? How does it help America? And by the way, this is Trump calling his boy a broken down hack, calling his wife crazy. Not the Democrats, my brother. Zeiss, next. I love Zeiss. It's my man. He's 10 to 2. Starting next Monday, 5.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Glorious me with Larry Legend. You know who's going to get up earlier too? Ariana Bazzi. <laughs> right? Oh, she's laughing. That's right. We'll be here. Can you think, can you imagine? No, really. By the way, she doesn't have to get up at 3.45 in the morning. <laughs> That's a little early. That is early, man. Ariana. <laughs> I'm, tr- I'm trying to. 5.30 is hard for me. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to wrap my arms around it. So, some mornings, not to get graphic here, but I'm sitting there on the toilet alone <laughs> at 3.45 in the morning thinking, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> you ought to go to bed super early. <laughs> I just do. You know what's cool, though? My wife, she nods off at like 9.15. I yeah. told her last night, honey, this is perfect for us. <laughs> Welcome to the senior home. <laughs> but Ariana, Ariana will just be here at nine, not at three forty-five. Lynn Hayes, Freddie Griffin, how are you, my friend? I'm great. How are you? All right. Yeah, you're gonna be up early, crack of dawn, craziness. So, so I want to address this with you though, because Lynn Hayes Freeland, no exaggeration, one of the most pragmatic, mature, responsible adults I've ever known. So. McConnell, McConnell, mm-hmm. right? Trump calls him a broken down hack and then says his wife is crazy. His wife, by the way, was Trump's appointed transportation secretary. Oh, yeah. McConnell, by the way, was his brother from another mother who helped him get elected. My, my point, my friend, is in... in Regardless of what Zeiss is saying, this ain't, he's doing the, well, they called him names. That doesn't fly with me. Does it fly with you? 
Well, okay, so my takeaway from, from Paul's comment wasn't so much a but what aboutism. Um, I think he was kind of, what I took away from that was that, you know, this has kind of become acceptable. This has kind of become politics. So why are we zeroing in on this thing with McConnell and Trump? And I got to tell you, you know, three years ago, four years ago, I used to scream on the radio, doesn't matter what I think about Donald Trump as a politician. What I care about is that he is not presidential. And I expect certain things from my president, from my former president, and I have never gotten those from Donald Trump. The fact that he threw Mitch McConnell and his wife under the bus, while it's unacceptable, that doesn't surprise me because that's kind of been his M.O. But, but, he's like but, a kid. But, but does he's it like help? a 12-year-old kid. Okay, but what he's doing is, and Zeiss says uh, it's disingenuous to suggest that this name-calling is unique, and I love Zeiss. I don't really care about the name calling. I'll block you if you come on my page with that crap. And it doesn't help the Republican Party. It can't, can it? It it doesn't help the Republican Party. It doesn't help the nation. The problem is there are too many people that aren't willing to address that issue. It's like the, the elephant in the room, but nobody wants to talk about it. People will talk about it privately, but they're not going to talk about it publicly. You think Mitch McConnell wasn't feeling some kind of way about this? And by the way, what he said was accurate. He said that they picked less than qualified candidates. And, and he's pointing out Pennsylvania. Oz is struggling and Mastriano is struggling. Period. Flat out. End of story. They're both behind by about 15 points. It's a fact. You know what? I was texting with John Delano a few minutes ago, and I said, you know, I spend part of my time in Pennsylvania. I spend part of my time in Georgia. I don't know which politics are nuttier. And a lot of it has to do with these candidates that were handpicked to run that just shouldn't be on the ballot. No, and, and by the way, to Zeiss's point, he's spot on too. It works both ways. The Democrats are just as obnoxious. It's this politics of hate, is it not, Lynn? It is. And um, I mean, I think the, the Republicans are, are somewhat unique in that there's a bond, there's a loyalty, and there's a kind of let's stick together no matter no matter how crazy this is, we're going to stick together behind this craziness. The Democrats have their own share of craziness. I just think there's more of a back and forth between Democrats. They don't they don't congeal behind an issue or a person. They take a lot of their their fights out in in public. Well, I don't know, man. I've seen a lot of the woke folks going after folks like Fitz. I mean. There are two parties now within the Democratic Party, folks going after AOC big time, who are pragmatic Democrats. I think we're in a unique political situation in America. But my whole thing, Lynn, is let them light themselves on fire. I am not going to have these unbelievably hate-filled folks. I don't ask anybody their party. I'm blocking the hell out of them. I have blocked, I'm not kidding, at least 20,000 people on Facebook. I've had enough. I'm fed up. And I'm done. If you don't add to the problem, if you add to the problem, if you light yourself on fire, if you're ignorant, use foul language in your name call. Did you hear the last hour? People went off about this pig. Did you about hear that? the pig? Yes, I did. Come on, Lynn. I did. It's a pet pig, for God's sakes. <laughs> and they're comparing the pet pig to Biden, to Fetterman, to Shapiro. We've now taken a mascot from a neighborhood and made it a political football. It's stupid, is it not? 
It is stupid. It is immature. I told somebody the other day, it's kind of like your 12-year-old son, and I'm not sure how old Vinny is at this point. But, you know, there there are jokes that 12-year-old boys find, you know, terribly funny that involve body parts and body sounds that at some point you hope your son is going to grow out of. And a lot of this stuff we're seeing now is stuff that you wanted people to grow out of 20 years ago. And now all of a sudden it's become in vogue to be immature and silly. And hateful. And Lynn, hateful. Lynn Hayes Freeland joining us. I love the conversation. Jay, go ahead. Yeah, good morning, Marty. Good morning, Lynn. Um, Hi, Jay. I, I just want to say, this is really shocking that Trump would say something like this against one of his other people that he used to be for and everything. I mean, I'm really totally shocked. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> it, it just, what about all the people that he had on his team all these years and then got rid of? I mean, you're supposed to see all these top people and everything. Look at, look at Barr. Barr turned around. Oh, this guy ain't no good no more. But you ask him, yeah, I'll vote for him again. You ask McConnell, boy, same thing. Yeah, it's like, what's, what's the deal? They just keep saying they're going to vote for him anyway. I don't. Look, look, for me personally, there's insane rhetoric, as, as I suggest, on both sides. All I'm trying to tell you is this does not make America great again. It doesn't show great leadership. It doesn't show great compassion. It doesn't show great wisdom. It's hateful, and it's destructive, and it does not help America. And that's it. Lynn, here's what I did. I, I, I swear I blocked... 5,000 people two days ago. I'm not doing this anymore. All I tried to do is show folks a, a pig that's a mascot in a neighborhood, and they compared the pig to Trump. And, so and, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you blocked them uh, specifically because of their reaction to the pig? Hell yeah. Just so that I understand. Okay. Hell yeah. All right. Okay. You know All what, right. man? I announced the other day that we were, this is the truth. I posted on my page that we were giving away five pools, swimming pools. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw it. I saw the comments. I wait, saw wait, wait, Lynn, tell them the comments you saw. We're giving away five pools. Oh, you know, it was like, oh, well, that's great, but who can afford to maintain our right. pool? Well, that's great, but who can do this? And why would you do that? And it is, but it, again, it kind of taps into, and, and I, I don't want to keep bringing this back no, to no, former President Trump. But I think what uh, what happened, and this actually I think goes back to the Barack Obama days, uh, there was so much uh, venomous toward having a man of color in the White House that the doors became open to let all of it out. And once it all came out, it had, you know, it went way beyond race. If you're angry, if you're ticked off, get it out there. If you don't like the way your neighbor's doing something, get it out there. And now we have this floodgate of anger and hatred that nobody, I don't think anybody knows how to stop. I don't know how you stop it. Lynn Hayes, uh, before we go to break, um, I want your take on the big transition uh, from this time slot to 5.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Me and Larry, give me your take. Your honest take, please. My honest take. I think it's going to be interesting. I think that you guys are both big personalities. You are big radio personalities. Um, So I think it's going to take a minute to get your groove uh, because I think that you're kind of used to doing this by yourself. And at this point, Larry's been most recently uh, doing it with with, uh, Kevin. So it's going to take a minute for the two of you to figure out what that groove is. Do I think it has amazing possibilities? Absolutely. Because you are big personalities, but very different personalities. 
Um, and so I think you have to, you know, Marty, you can be intimidating and annoying um, and annoying. Uh, well, that, but that, yeah, yeah. that's not going to change. That's not that's not going to change. Um, and I, I I know that Larry can definitely cut you to, as my mother used to say, cut you to the quick. I know that Larry can do that with you. Um, but, you know, when you look at everybody that uh, everyone that Larry is connected with, all the connections that you have, if you put those two forces together for good, it can be amazing. Hey, so Lynn and I go way back, uh, way back. She was one of the few people that would always call me out, call BS, tell me I'm full of it. <laughs> Why is it you laugh, but you do, you handle it. Why is it it doesn't bother you? Why is it that I'm, I do make so many people nervous and they can't manage it? Why? And how do you handle it? Please. I'm trying well, to help this situation here. You know what? I mean, I think I think that every individual has to get to the point where they are comfortable. There was a time that every time somebody made a comment to me or sent me a message or wrote me a nasty letter, it would just literally devastate me. And then with each round, you get stronger, you get more confident, and you get more comfortable with who you are. And that's what I appreciate about you. You are comfortable with who you are. You don't hide that. You make no bones about it. So whether people like it or not, you're comfortable with that. And I can relate to that. But I had to grow to that. I'm not going to lie. I had to grow to that point. I used to, you know, same thing. I was looking at, I, I was looking at some old Facebook posts the other day. And, you know, there was one person I went back and forth with 24 different messages. Why? Why did I do that? You know, I look back on that now. I was like, what a waste of my time. That's probably an hour of my time. I can never get back arguing with this guy. About it's funny you should say ridiculous. this. I did this on Sunday uh, with a woman <laughs> over a post I made of a guy. Uh, he was he was naked. Uh, and, and then a woman uh, pulling her pants down and showing her privates uh, right in the area of the Duquesne campus to get drugs. And the notion that the city is headed south, she went off on me. That I was a jerk. How dare I show this? I fought with her on Facebook for an hour. It's not healthy. It just isn't. It's not. It's just not. So, I mean, I applaud. I'd rather you block them. And I, I got to the point where I was blocking people. But, you know, some people don't even take that. I had one guy who, at the time, I was on with Robert Mangino. We were co-hosting together. And the guy then went to Mangino and complained because I blocked him. Mangino comes to me and says, hey, you know, John Doe said you blocked him. I'm like, let me show you some of the stuff he was sending to me. Then you ask me why I blocked him. Oh. I don't understand that mentality. Lynn if you're so upset with me, you don't like my positions, why are you on my page? Lynn Hayes Freeland. Something really important to me uh, that I've taken a lot of grief for is I've been posting pictures. Um, over the weekend, I posted a picture of a guy who's living in a tent along the river, completely naked. Why? Two things. To get him help and to stop this ridiculousness. Number two, I posted a picture of a woman exposing herself, her private parts, to a man to get drugs right near Duquesne. Why? Not for clickbait jerks. To try and make a difference. And my friend Max has taken a lot of grief because he has a Facebook page that is Pittsburgh with an S. We have post videos of folks defecating on the streets. Max, you don't enjoy this, right? You're trying to make a difference, right? Uh, not at all, Marty, 100%. And, you know, it's funny, that picture that I posted and shared with you on my Facebook page got taken down because it, air quotes, violated community standards. So but Hold on, something... hold on. That picture's the guy who was naked in his tent, yeah. right? As you're riding by with your family, right? 
Right. So, so everybody that lives downtown and utilizes that trail has to see that and, and put up with that because the city won't do anything about it. But I post that same picture to share our experience online with everybody else that doesn't live in Pittsburgh or maybe does and just isn't aware of what's going on. And Facebook says you can't do that because it violates our community standards. Well, oh, what about the community right standards on. of the citizens of Pittsburgh? Right on. Hey, Max, tell one more story, and then i got to grab Lynn's opinion on this. Tell our friends listening about the experience your friend with Fox Sports had this weekend. So we, uh, you know, I have a friend visiting from Georgia. He's here with the Braves. Um, he's a sportscaster for Fox right. Sports. Anyway, long story short, we go out to dinner, and then we take a ride over to East Carson Street to go to Insomnia Cookies. This is about 845 in the evening on uh, Sunday. So as we're heading back home, uh, we're driving down East Carson Street, and I look over to my right, and I could see somebody cooking something on a spoon. I'm assuming it was probably heroin. Mm. And there were two guys there, both of them, you know, one holding the spoon, one holding the lighter. Right. And, I, you know, I don't think they were sanitizing the spoon. So, um, you know, this is in, in broad daylight, you know, not down some alley somewhere, right on East Carson Street, like literally a block away from um, Insomnia Cookies. And, and Max, the picture I posted with a woman exposing her private parts for money, where I called police to help her and she refused help. I'm not doing this for grins, Max. We have a problem in this city that's growing daily, is it not, sir? It is. And I would encourage anybody listening right now to go on YouTube and look up Kensington Ave in Philadelphia. And if we don't get a handle on this, that's exactly the road we're going to be going down. So we need to nip this in the bud and get a handle on it before it gets out of control. i got to grab Lynn Hayes. Lynn Hayes, who knows this city better than anyone I know. Lynn, are you seeing what's happening? Are you shocked by it or did you expect this? Well, I I am disappointed by it. Let me just say one thing, because I did notice that um, as more and more focus has gone on downtown, I have seen a lot of stuff on social media. People saying, oh, well, this defecating on the street is new, and oh, this didn't happen before. And blaming, and Ga- and been, blaming Ganey, which is crap, literally. Right. I was going to say, on. and Max has been on top of this for I don't know how long. Um, you know, I've seen the Porta Johns yep. with the poop smeared all over. I mean, this yep. isn't new. None of this is new. Um, I think it is, however, reflective uh, of again, and I don't want to. I don't want to be that person that writes everything off to the sign of the times, uh, but it is a sign of the times. And homelessness is an issue. Right. And as long as we were in the pandemic, everyone was at home. They didn't have to go downtown or anywhere else. They didn't have to look it straight in the eye. And now that people are getting back out, it's there. And it's been there, but now you have to see it. And we have a tendency as a society to turn away from things that make us uncomfortable. And the kind of things you're describing, or Max is describing, you know, um, heating up the uh, heroin or whatever in a spoon, those are things that make us feel uncomfortable. We turn our heads. All right, check this out. So there's been discussion about moving the folks in the tents. And, and Max knows this. I'm going to grab him. We're forbidden. This is from the cops. We're forbidden from doing anything. And if they are trespassing, we have to wait seven days before seizing property. Straight from the mayor's office and public works supervisor. They will not allow us to move public, move any of this property. Max, does that help or hurt? It hurts the problem, doesn't it? Makes it worse. Yeah. Um, 
you know, it's definitely canning out tents is not the answer. And the other day on my Facebook page, I posted a bunch of city ordinances in relation to the city parks where you're not allowed to camp in the parks. Sure. You're not allowed to litter in the parks. Sure. And there's there is already rules on the books, and they're just not being enforced. So, so, so Lynn, why. if Max and his family set up a tent in the park, city park, Shenley Park, they get told to move. Yet I can squat along the bikeway and shoot heroin and get naked in the morning and nothing happens. Double standard, Lynn? Well, you know, I uh, the way you pose Come on, these questions. Yes. Come on, Marty, the way you pose Come these on, questions. Sister, just double say yes. standard. I mean, on the surface it is a double standard. I think that sometimes city officials, um, and I don't know all of the ins right. and outs here, have their hands tied right. with laws that are on the books. So there's only so much they can do. But here's what I would say back to that. When you yep. look around, go to all these Pittsburgh neighborhoods, look at all these abandoned houses, yep. look at all these houses. There, 10, the bones are good. The yep. Structure's good, yep. but there, you know, I mean, there are long-term solutions that we could be looking at right. that would change the quality of life for these people. And some of them, not all of them want that necessarily, but I think there are other ways that we could fix this problem with long-term benefits. Spot on. The elephant in the room. She just nailed it. We have eight to 10,000 abandoned properties that they could rebuild mm-hmm. and give the low-income families. Sure. No one sure. gives a damn. Lynn Hayes Freeland joining us live. She's spot on there. Seven to 10,000 abandoned homes. You know what's fascinating about a Max is all he wants is public restrooms downtown. I'm, I'm serious. And, and Max, now they're trying to make this amazing mission, the Light of Light mission, they're trying to make them the bad guys. Are they not? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, so I have a friend that works over there, and she said that, Basically, they feed the homeless, I don't know, one or two nights a week over in north, north, uh, the north side. Right. And they are required by the city to take pictures of the area where this event occurs to demonstrate to the city that they're cleaning up after themselves. Oh, and no. if they don't do that, their permit will get pulled. Yet, yet just around the corner, there's a guy with six feet of trash around his tent, and nobody can do anything about that. So there's no accountability there. But here you have a charity that's doing a good thing. And they're being forced to jump through all these loop, you know, these hoops to prove to the city that they're keeping the city clean while feeding the homeless. And on the other hand, you have organizations that are handing out tents willy-nilly, and there's no accountability. They just set them up wherever they want. They trash the areas where they are, and nobody's forcing those people to clean up. Lynn, I love the Light of Light mission. I do, too. And I, I find this rather irritating, as if it's their fault this is going on. Right. Yeah. I mean, and if anybody, if any organization is stepping up to deal with this issue, it's light of life. Oh and, and I'll be honest, they said they predicted that all of this was coming oh, our did way. They? Did they? Oh, yeah. And even I remember talking to uh, their executive director. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on his okay. name right now. Um, he talked about as we got into the pandemic and he talked about, you know, once this moratorium on evictions is over, we're going to have a ton more people out here. We're going to have mo- mothers and kids out here. They're going to be living in tents and we need to be proactive. That was two years ago. Hey, I want to read you something ago. from Steve Mazza, one of my favorite people on earth, uh, who is so embedded in making a difference. Along your lines of your point, Lynn, about rehabbing houses, we have eight to 11,000 vacant, dilapidated homes in the city. Marty, we talked about this before. It's cheaper to rehab one of those houses and turning into affordable housing in the neighborhoods 
instead of building now and give somebody something that raises them up and build community wealth. It seems obvious, Lynn. It costs 300000 to build a home from ground up. These guys can rehab a house for 25000 But it seems tough to get momentum with this. Any idea why? You know, there's so many ways you could do this, Marty. Um, you know, you could create a training program. So you get this house. We're going to teach you how to fix it. Nice. They learn a skill. Nice. They get a home. There's so many different ways. You know, it's the old uh, give me a fish, I'll eat for a day. Yep. Teach me how to fish, I'll eat for a lifetime. But it does require work. It requires commitment. There's going to be ups and downs. You know, when you're talking about a, a, a homeless population, things like showing up on time, that's not necessarily something that is ingrained. So there are going to be days that people don't show up. Sure. And other people get frustrated and they say, you know what, let them go back to the tent. Uh, it requires a very deep-rooted commitment, not just money, but a commitment and heart. It ain't easy. No. Max, none of this is easy, is it, sir? No. And, you know, speaking of incentivizing, uh, I just had just things just popped into my head. I might start incentivizing the homeless to move up to Grant Street right in front of the city county building. I'll wow. pay them out of my own pocket to set their tents up on Grant Street. Wow. And then we'll see how quickly the city comes up with a solution to I deal with say, the yeah. homelessness and tents that are popping up everywhere. Yeah, uh -huh. let's see how long they stay on Grand Street. About 35 seconds, brother. Mm -hmm. Max, thanks, my man. You're the best. Uh, take care, Marty. Thanks. Lynn Hayes, thank Max. you, my friend. All right, Marty. Take good care. Right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.